This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. You know, we're always told to be prepared for the big one, a big earthquake that could potentially cause a lot of damage here on the South Coast. And when that happens, though, we believe that first responders will spring into action, right? Well, maybe not as easy as we think on that one, because with our housing affordability crisis and crunch that we have had, it means that many first responders don't live in the communities that they actually work in. So if there's an earthquake, how are they supposed to get in to work? If we can't get around, how are they going to be getting around? There's been a report that has been done on this, and the author of that report is with us now. It is Steve Travis, the head of human resources for the city of Port Coquitlam. Steve, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Simi, for the opportunity. Tell me, why did you look into this? Uh, At the time, I was enrolled in a Master's of Arts uh, degree with Railroads University, and at the same time, uh, the city administrators in Metro Vancouver were looking for uh, a deeper dive into good neighbour agreements and uh, the impacts that those good neighbour agreements may have in the event of a natural disaster such as an earthquake. Okay, what is a good neighbour agreement? What does that mean? So what they were interested in, uh, currently there are um, shared servicing agreements between uh, neighbouring municipalities, such as uh, for fire departments, and uh, the tendency is they are able to share resources across uh, those jurisdictions, different municipalities, but it hadn't really been uh, explored in detail uh, when it came to a natural disaster such as an earthquake. Okay, so what did you find out then? So, not surprisingly, and tied into perhaps the housing context, uh, obviously there's more affordable housing in the east, and my research determined that, indeed, there are more firefighters that live in the eastern communities than those in the western communities. The further west we go, the uh, less number of firefighters that were uh, residing in the communities in which they worked. Okay, so that doesn't bode well, though, for those communities, does it, if there's an emergency? There will be shortages across the region if there was a disaster such as an earthquake. Uh, there are more first responders in the eastern communities, and the issue really is uh, knowing that now, how do we ensure that they move from the eastern communities into the western ones? Is this something that you think we need to take a look at? Like, how bad is this problem? As far as um, numbers, yeah. again, there's a lot more uh, actually oversupplies in the eastern communities, uh, the northeast sector, uh, there's less in the western communities. So it's definitely an important topic, I think, for our regional planners, uh, emergency as uh, planners, as well as the province to look into in more detail about how we're going to move people around the region. Uh, there are groups that are doing that. Uh, IPREM is the Integrated uh, Partnership for Regional Emergency Management. Uh, it's a partnership between Metro Vancouver municipalities supported by the province, and they're one of the lead organizations that are using and looking at my research to address some of those accessibility concerns. Right, and you looked at the communities as a percentage, right? Like how many the first responders in each community, the percentage of which actually lived in that community? I did look at broad broad numbers as far as how many lived in each community, and there is um, more first responders that live outside of their home communities than those that live in those communities. And are some, like, for instance, like in Richmond, was the number something like 22%? That's correct. So only 22% of the first responders who work in Richmond actually live in Richmond? That, that's correct. Boy, that's a startling number, Steve, isn't it? Uh, well, Richmond's a little bit unique in that um, it's surrounded by water, whereas a number of the other communities, North Shore, for example, um, 
I've came up with a term in my report called a land island. And when you start looking at the adjoining municipalities collectively, the numbers look much better. Uh, again, the further east you go, the higher number of concentration of municipalities, but the further west you go, there are less firefighters that actually live in those communities. And that's really the essence of the importance of looking at accessibility, uh, travel, transportation routes, not only just roads, but also things like marine highways and that kind of thing. Right, because I guess like you look at a place like Richmond, you said it's, like, it's surrounded by water. How are first responders supposed to get there if there's an emergency? Again, my research really looked at accessibility where they lived. Um, Richmond would be the ones to talk with about their plans um, as far as how they're going to get their people moving. Part of my research did look at uh, work that Port Metro Vancouver has done, and they've identified a number of nodes that would be potential um, launch points to move goods, uh, resources, and people if there was potentially uh, roads that were uh, impassable or bridges that were being inspected, that kind of thing. You know, Steve, what I found so fascinating about your uh, study that you looked at is that we're always told, right, that we have to prepare for an earthquake and we do all the things that we're, you know, have your earthquake kit ready and you should, you know, do the great shakeout, all of that. And yet we're not even fully ready when it comes to our emergency services. Well, I would suggest that uh, in an earthquake, all resources are going to be strained, and the importance of personal preparedness, uh, neighborhoods getting together and addressing the first uh, hours and days after emergency is still going to be critically important to uh, ensuring that individuals and neighborhoods are ready. Fire first responders will be doing everything they can to get back to work, but my study identified that due to uh, changes in where people live, there will be considerations about how you're going to get them back. Uh, one example would be where would you start as far as uh, inspecting of bridges? So given that higher concentration of first responders and firefighters that live in the eastern communities, it would make good sense for the province to look at policies where the east-west uh, corridors and bridges would be addressed first to try to get those people moving towards Richmond, Vancouver, and other large centres further uh, west in the region. Well, you've certainly started a conversation then, Steve. So what is the next step? Like, Is this being worked on now, do you think? It is. So I mentioned IPREM earlier, yeah. They're the uh, regional group that's uh, been put together by the province, uh, works closely with our city uh, administrators across the region. They're working with the Greater Vancouver Fire Chiefs Association. Uh, Tim Armstrong is the chair of that, and they're looking at the research to come up with regional policies and solutions to address uh, this potential gap in moving people from A to B in the event of a disaster. Um, the reality is our bridges aren't going to fall down. My research identified they're up to earthquake standards, but there will be a lag as far as inspection, and there's not uh, necessarily uh, bridge inspectors that live close to the bridges. They're going to have to get there as well. So that's just one example of the consideration that I think is uh, informed by this research. Yeah. We need to look at other uh, avenues, such as uh, the waterways as a way to move people around. That's all really good stuff that I bet a lot of us hadn't thought about if there is an earthquake. Steve, thank you so much for your time. Thanks, Amy. That is Steve Travis, the head of human resources for the city of Port Coquitlam and the author of a study that looked at this issue, which, yeah, we don't think about that kind of stuff, right? You think of emergency services, but inspecting bridges to make sure how quickly you can get them back into service after there is an earthquake. Um, which bridges will be a priority? Which ones do you do first? Where do the bridge inspectors live? These are all good questions that Steve Travis has asked. And most of us still don't have an earthquake quit, right? Even in our garage or where we need them in case an earthquake hits here on the South Coast.